Welcome to A Bun Dance. You guessed it, a podcast dedicated to all things surrounding dance. I am Kristen. And I am Hannah, and we are two best friends who are brought together by this art form. Please join us in five, six, seven, eight. Here's a word from our sponsor. Welcome, Lauren Senrus and our close friend, Stacy Prus. Lauren and Stacy are both alumni from Mercyhurst University and currently dance together at the Cleveland Ballet. We're super excited to have you both here with us today. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, this is such a dream to have you both on here. I know when we first started the podcast, I said to Stacy, like, I would love to interview you at some point and just to have you and Lauren together, the power, the power team, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah, I remember when you told me you were making this podcast and I was so proud and I was like, I'd love to be a part of that someday. And today's the day. <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, let's get started. Can you both share with us a little bit about your dance background growing up and how that led you to Mercyhurst? Sure. Sure. Um, so I started dancing when I was five years old, like a lot of us do. And a neighbor of mine who danced gave my mom a pair of tickets to go see the local youth ballet company do a performance and so I went to this performance and said I want to do this so then my mom signed me up for ballet fell in love with it of course after the first class um when I was 13 I knew I wanted to do it professionally and so I joined a youth ballet company called the Cuyahoga Valley Youth Ballet at the time and it was a pre-professional youth ballet that was really run like a professional company we had to sign a contract like that said we would only be able to miss three rehearsals a year. We had rehearsals on Saturdays and Sundays. We would have um, choreographers come to choreograph original ballets on us. They were choreographers from New York, uh, really big people. And so it was really important and it was a huge thing. And it really taught me at a young age, oh, this is what it's like to be in a ballet company. Um, you know, we had casting, we had to understudy roles, and then we had to take um a lot of classes a week at, at the school so I took like when I was older I took like maybe seven to ten ballet classes a week which was a lot but it really helped me build a solid foundation um I also did some summer study uh programs I went to Chautauqua one summer Richmond Ballet Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet which was a great one it really helps build your technique and strength um and so Getting to senior year of high school, I knew I wasn't ready to be in a company and I knew I wanted to go to college and I still wanted my degree. And I also, on the in addition to dance, I'm also a musician. So I grew up studying, you know, piano, flute, violin. I also compose music. And so my decision about a college was based on a place that would let me do a dance major and a music minor. So Mercyhurst, out of all the colleges I auditioned for, was the only college that would allow me to do a music composition minor as well as a dance major and it's also like two hours from home so that was definitely a deciding factor um, and made it very appealing so that's that's pretty much how I got to Mercyhurst. 
Oh, thank you so much for sharing, Lauren. I didn't know you were a music minor. How awesome. Um, do you still play those instruments? Well, ironically enough, I just did uh, this past weekend. I was visiting my sister who lives in Boston and and, you know, we always, when we get together, she's a violinist. So when we get together, we, our thing is to play the Bach double violin concerto, which is uh, the first movement of concerto Barocco. We both grew up studying Suzuki violin, so we can just, you know, play all these songs from memory. So yes, I did play recently, but not very often. And the composing has kind of taken uh, the back burner, unfortunately, just because I work so much and it you know, takes a lot of energy to sit down and do that. But I know I can still do it. You know, it's a skill yeah. that it's not unlike dancing where you can only do it so long. Um, I could always do it later. So it's not going to go. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard one of the songs that Lauren composed and it's so amazing. That would be so cool. Have you ever thought about like choreographing to music you've composed? Yes, and actually, I've actually done that. Um, you have okay when my senior year at Mercyhurst I needed like three credits for the music minor um and so Dr. Glinsky was the department director at the time so he organized an independent study and so that independent study included producing a concert so I actually did choreograph to my music and I danced to it while it was being wow. performed live so that was it was kind of a project so that was really cool and then I've um other people have choreographed to my music sometimes here and there and I've also done a little bit myself um on mostly like my ballet students so that's amazing wow that's a lot to be proud of oh, thank you all right Stacy, your turn okay yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I grew up, I started dancing when I was five, and I um, grew up going to a recreational um, dance studio. My mom just put me in classes for whatever reason. Um, I always loved it, obviously, but I didn't know until I was around like 13 or 14, too, that I wanted to like really pursue dance, ballet in specific but dance in general, um, that was the age where I really just started to fall in love with everything about it. Like when I look back on my past self, my young self, I just, I just remember that like deep passion I had, um, growing in just like, you know, a small town, a small studio, like never would have thought like I would make it my career like this. Um, so I, my first summer intensive was my junior year of high school. So a little bit later than like, I feel like most um, people pursuing ballet would um, start doing that. Um, but yeah, so that was my first summer intensive experience. And then around this time, well, summer intensive, like, like traveling uh, far away. Far away. Um, but yeah, this was around the time where I, I knew I was like, okay, I need to start getting a little bit more like intense, like pre-professional ballet training if I want to make this happen. Um, so my senior year, I started going to a more pre-professional ballet school. Um, yes, and similar to Lauren, I, I knew I wanted to go to college and I knew that I wasn't ready yet for a company. Um, 
so I started auditioning. Um, Mercyhurst was like, I just knew right away that this, that is where I would end up. Um, I always say like, it's so cheesy, but the night that my parents and I like got to Erie, it was snowing and we drove through those gates and it was like in a movie, like a moment I just knew. I was like, oh, I know, like this place is going to be very special. Like I just had that feeling, but yeah, so that's where I ended up. Um, yeah. And I found out about Mercyhurst through actually one of the alumni from my hometown studio. She told me about Mercyhurst and said, oh, I think this would be a really great fit for you. I think you'd love it here. She started out as a dance major, ended up switching to like fashion merchandising. Um, but yeah, so that's how I found out about Mercyhurst. Um, yeah, and one of my first days there met Kristen and Hannah during Jumpstart <laughs> Week and our other Mercyhurst gang. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about my background, I would say. Thank you for sharing. I love just hearing how everyone just kind of found their way to Mercyhurst. I feel like a little hidden gem kind of tucked away for some of us, depending on where we're from. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's just really great to see how that very special place, like you said, kind of draws in all of these different people. Yeah. So speaking of which, um, asking this question actually reminds me of the one and only Tana Hunter, but what are some transferable skills from your college experience at Mercyhurst that benefited you when transitioning to dancing professionally? And why I reference Ms. Hunter is because I know that she took pride and joy in us being well-rounded individuals um, as dancers at Mercyhurst. Yes, absolutely. So I learned so much from Tana Hunter. Um, I would agree with being well-rounded. I, I really learned how to manage my time, which really meant balancing a busy schedule that went from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. some days, which would include a ballet class, an academic, work study, another ballet class, mm -hmm. rehearsal, doing homework, and then going to Lake Erie Ballet rehearsal at night. So mm -hmm. you definitely had to manage your time or else there was no way you would get through it. Um, also, I really loved kinesiology class. That was my one of my one of two of my favorite classes at Mercyhurst um, because it explained the how and why behind you know correct biomechanics, how to prevent injuries, um, and it was just so fascinating to me. Of course, Tana's senior pro seminar class, uh, where we learned how to network, how to write a cover letter, how to write your resume, all the little tips and tricks you know that you wouldn't necessarily know just going into a company from high school, you know? Um, also, oh, I really learned at Mercyhurst the importance of going to the gym and doing cross training. I remember Tana literally, actually, this is probably in the freshman year initiative class. She marched us all to the gym. She goes, ladies, <laughs> this is the gym. There's the cardio <laughs> machines. There are the free weights. Don't use more than five to 10 pounds. You guys all need to, to cross train because it'll help you. So before college, I had no idea that I should be going to the gym. You know, at my old studio, we would do this sequence of Pilates and stretching, the same sequence before bar. 
So that that's the cross training I got, which was good, you know, but I didn't know why. So I really learned like the how and why about why to cross train. Mm -hmm. So definitely a lot of amazing things were learned. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Can definitely relate to, to some of those things that you talked about. I would agree with everything Lauren just said. Um, to add on to that, I just feel like there's so much more to being a dancer than just having like good technique. And although that's important for getting a job in the dance world, I feel like knowing how to carry yourself professionally and having other skills that we learned at Mercyhurst, like I'm just so glad that I have that experience because I feel like if I had not gone to college, I would not be who I am today and the artist that I am. So it just allowed me to think about dance in so many different aspects, like more than just like my ballet training, you know, we danced and we had classes in multiple different styles. Like Lauren said, we learned about kinesiology and pedagogy. So all these different standpoints to look at being a dancer and an artist, I think um, has benefited me now that I look back like as a professional dancer. So, yeah. That's really awesome, Stacy. And I also can relate to both what you and Lauren both stated. Mercyhurst is just such a wonderful place. And I, I really think from that freshman year, like orientation type class to senior year pro seminar, we really got such a well-rounded education that did prepare us for those things that you wouldn't necessarily know you had to do just entering a company right out of high school. So I completely agree with what you're both saying. And on the contrary, what were you most shocked about or least prepared for upon entering the professional sphere? Huh. So I thought really hard about this question because I wanted to give an accurate answer. So I don't think I was really I didn't feel unprepared or shocked but about like the workload or the dancing or anything like that. For me, it was like being around a different group of people. Mm. It just took me a while to adjust to that because um, it was, a, it was new people and I went to Nashville ballet. So it was like a huge company. So being like in the court of ballet for the first time in a professional company and the learning curve of that and just being so nervous and wanting to do well and not wanting to stick out in a bad way. I think that was, that was my learning curve was, you know, just the experience of that and just like feeling comfortable in my own skin and knowing that I was like back at the bottom again and one of 30, which is how it was, you know, but you just have to keep fighting and pushing yourself and but yeah, I think it was just like being around new people. It took me a while to adjust, but such is life. There's always change. And so it was a good thing for me to learn. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting perspective. And I think with this art form, you know, we do have to work very closely with these people. And so just, you know, every group is going to have their own different dynamics. And so kind of navigating that and figuring out, okay, what are what are the dynamics like here with these, with this new group of people, as opposed to, you know, the people I spent the last four years with at Mercyhurst and then following that at Nashville Ballet or wherever else you were. Right, exactly. It's definitely, exactly. I think something that we don't 
think about enough, but the people really do affect the whole overall experience. And also something that just made me think of the one and only Tana Hunter. I specifically remember, and I don't know if she did this with you too, Lauren, but she would like, you would do something with your hands and then oh, yeah. go one way and you change. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, incredible. Oh yeah. I know I was literally thinking of this as I was saying what I said. I was like, <laughs> hand motion. <laughs> Iconic. I what think yeah, I think for me, what came to mind was just the, I wasn't fully prepared, I feel like, or I was just a little bit shocked of just like the transition period between being a student and being a professional, like it's a different mindset. Um, and um and having kind of just an emphasis, like when you're with a company, the emphasis is really on rehearsal and rehearsing the pieces that you're doing for whatever performance and classes. You're still working on your technique, of course, but it's it's more so just to get you warmed up for the day, right? Um, so I find myself like, I don't know if anyone has ever heard this, but I've heard that people would say like, oh, I feel like once you become a professional, like you don't work on your technique as much and like your technique might like kind of maybe go through a change. I don't know, but I've had to find myself. Yeah. Kind of just like making sure to check in with my body and like, I mean, I'm always working on my technique and you're doing that too in rehearsal, but it's just the focus is different. Like as students, like we are really just zoned in on class and like perfecting those small details, refining our technique. And although we're still doing, I'm not saying we're not doing that, but the focus is definitely different, I think. Um, and I wasn't as, I was just a little bit surprised about that, but. Yeah, I think that's also a really good point. So kind of segueing into talking about Cleveland Ballet a little bit more. So I actually didn't realize that Cleveland Ballet has only been around for, is it a, less than 10 years or about 10 years now? This is the eighth season right now. Eighth season. Okay, so yeah, less than 10 years. Um, so Lauren, can you just share with us a little, little bit of what it was like being one of the founding company members at Cleveland Ballet? Did you have any hesitation joining a company that wasn't already established? What was that all like? Sure. So I was so excited to be a part of a, a new ballet company. Um, it, it was a time in my career where the company I was previously at wasn't a good fit for me. And I was desperate to find a place that was a good fit. I was 28. So I was a little worried, you know, is this too late in the game? Am I too old? But I did all these auditions and I had no job. And then Miss Guadalupe hired me. So um, it, it was a great, it's a great fit because my, the basis of my training is more balancing based and Miss Guadalupe's style is definitely more balancing based. Um, she went to SAB, so she had all the great Russian teachers, you know, so um that was great. Um, I, of course, was a little nervous because it was a new company. Um, but I think the fact that Cleveland is where I'm from, so that made it easier for me to take the risk and move back home and, you know, see how things went the first year. Um, 
And my family was great. They were very supportive. My parents helped me out for the first year. Um, I lived at home for the first year. Um, and I was teaching a lot, you know, on the side um, to, you know, make ends meet. But yeah, I really clicked with the way Miss Guadalupe taught class and she's also an amazing teacher and I and I also like felt like my technique needed much work you know I wanted to be at a, a different level than I had been at so that was great um so I don't think any of us really knew what to expect in the beginning or you know how far things would progress in time when we started out the first season there were five of us and we actually collaborated for our first show in the theater with another smaller company that used to be around in the northeast ohio area um so that was great um and that first year was amazing you know i got so much attention from my boss because we were so small you know i it helped me to build up like the strength and the technique that i wanted and filled in the gaps where I knew I was lacking certain things at the time. And I've also learned so much from her about how to teach ballet. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And I don't think I realized that you were originally from Cleveland, but that would make sense with you saying about two hours from uh, Mercyhurst. And that definitely seems like it kind of all just fell into place of you having this option to move back home and it kind of in a weird way be a safe option even though it was also a little bit of a gamble yeah absolutely so Stacy, how do you continuously keep yourself inspired or what do you do when you feel like you're in a bit of a slump yeah um I am in general just a very creative like left brain kind of person so um if I'm ever feeling like I need a little bit of inspiration or a little push to get me like going I'll kind of just tune into like in general like what grab what I gravitate towards in my interests and you know I like just listening to music honestly would definitely inspires me um if I need to like kind of feel like more connected to my body, like a mind body connection. I love improv. I, I feel like I, I created a good relation, a really strong relationship with improv during college. Um, just like so many nights in the studio, just like putting on the music and letting myself dance and just move the way that my body wanted to I feel like that puts me in such like a good head and body space yeah and then just kind of like tuning into those other mediums um that draw my interest like writing poetry or um a little bit of drawing and stuff like that listening to music yeah it all inspires me and then honestly just spending time with like family and friends always will make me feel better um, and, and keep me inspired to just be the best person I can be and the best dancer that I can be. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I think it all kind of combines, you know, like different mediums of art that are all kind of intertwined with dance. And like you said, we yeah. can just draw inspiration from these different places, but also like I remember in that first class we had freshman year, 
talking about burnout and slumps and also needing to kind of tap in sometimes to those other completely outside, you know, passions or hobbies or relationships outside of like your friends from dance or your colleagues that you see daily to kind of have that little bit of separation as well. And I also just give you a lot of credit for making that challenging transition because as we know, we finished out our program on Zoom, um, but then you jumped right into Cleveland Ballet from there, whereas like I was in my living room for months <laughs> following that, but you went from, you know, last few months dancing over Zoom to just full-blown dancing every yeah. day at Cleveland Ballet and, and making that challenging transition to that very intense trainee schedule. So you yeah, a lot of credit for yeah. all of that. Thank you. I was so just grateful to have been given like the space to start dancing again in a studio and as safely as possible. But yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I also just want to second what Kristen's saying. Um, Stacy, you have been such a trooper through this all. I mean, I am just like so proud of everything that you're doing and as Kristen said, going from the end of college on Zoom to then going right to Cleveland Ballet, like so many props to you. Um, and I'm so proud that you're in Cleveland Ballet with such wonderful people like Lauren. Yes, I'm so happy to be dancing and learning from Lauren too. Like Lauren has become just not only a mentor, but an amazing friend. So Lauren kind of took me under her wing right when I got there. So Yep, Mercier's <laughs> girls stick together. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Have each like other's a lifelong, <laughs> lifelong bond. Yep. But yeah, it definitely was a jarring mm-hmm. transition because a lot of us were feeling like, how are we supposed to like first get ourselves into the professional sphere from in the middle of a pandemic, like that we're all just so caught off guard by, but we did it. So we're all making our own way, so yeah. And Lauren, kind of just taking a little bit of a different direction, you are certified in Pilates. Do yes, you yes. teach this as well? Um, sorry. <laughs> Do you teach dance as well? Um, or is Pilates kind of your focus in terms of teaching? Well, so I, I do teach dance um, regularly. And with the Pilates, um, it is more of um, like a private lesson kind of thing. And so, you know, I work with a lot of the dancers, several of them in the company. Um, and we all put together like a performer mat class, depending on what they want. And to just like help them get stronger and learn about their body. Um, I would love to start doing more of the Pilates. So that's sort of maybe in the works in the future. Um, but I really fell in love with Pilates when I discovered it. Um, it I think it's amazing. It it's, goes hand in hand with ballet. Um, and it's such a great way to keep your body balanced, to prevent injuries, to, to be stronger, you know, to extend your career another five or 10 years, you know? I mean, now people dance into their late thirties and forties and because they have the tools and the knowledge of how to take care of their body. So Right. And it's cool because, and what- um, sorry, it's cool because good. I incorporate all my Pilates knowledge into when I teach ballet, which I think is 
I think that is something of the future, you know, but I really think that dancers need to, to know why and what muscle and literally how to make your muscle do what it's supposed to do, or literally how to align your bones and then how to wrap the muscles around. So I make it a point when I teach ballet to try to really incorporate to a degree some of yes. that knowledge, you know, kind of how we got at Mercyhurst. Right. That's so valuable. Working and it sounds like you kind of knew early on from that kinesiology class at Mercyhurst that maybe you were interested in, in this kind of route as well. Yes. Yes. And I am curious, um, what Pilates certification program did you go through? And can you just share a little bit about this experience? I imagine it was probably in person prior to all of this Zoom stuff or? Yeah, yeah, I'll absolutely share. It's a really funny story. Um, So almost 10 years ago, I was on a guesting job with James Sewell Ballet. It was like a summer gig. And they had three guest dancers from Akron, Ohio that auditioned. So I met this dancer named Brian Murphy, who he's almost like 50 and he's still dancing. So I met him on this gig. um, And one evening we were talking and I was expressing to him how frustrated I was about this foot injury that I had been having. It was like posterior soft tissue impingement and it wouldn't go away. And I was frustrated. I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm working so hard and doing all this stuff, but it's not getting better. And he laughs and he goes, why don't you come take a Pilates class? He said, I have a studio. My wife and I have a studio. And I was like, okay. So we got back to Akron and I went to take one of his classes in the morning and I was literally hooked. Um, I had dabbled in Pilates prior to this moment. And I always, of course, knew the importance of cross training, but I never had like a consistent method of cross training that I fully like saw results from or where I really knew the how and why and what I was doing and how, and I never really felt like the effect of doing it and then going to dance. So you know, the moment that hooked me was I took this Pilates class and then I drove to take a ballet class and oh my gosh, my body felt amazing. I was warm. I was ready to go. I had, my hips were open. My core was turned on. Like I didn't have to like freak out and try to find everything. It was there. So that was like the moment. And I remember saying, I'm never not doing Pilates again before class. Like what have I been missing out on all these years? Um, So that was the moment that hooked me, long story short. And I literally became like addicted to Pilates just because I was like, oh, the more I do this, the stronger I'm going to get. I'm going to grow more as a dancer, you know, and like dancers just want to get better. So any tool that we are given that we can take and run with, at least for me, I just run with it. So this was a year before I joined Cleveland Ballet. So it was the last year at the company I was at. So I actually was like, I want to get certified. So I, so Brian and his wife, they have a certification program that they made up on their own. So it was very comprehensive. So I started doing the mat certification um, while I was still at the other company at Dayton Ballet. Um, And then when I moved back here, I started the reformer certification um, the fall of 2015. So I've been certified for almost for eight years 
now and oh. it was great because I just started taking a bunch of classes at his studio so and he's a dancer too so he has a very intuitive way of teaching and um and you know I think that like people are can naturally be born a teacher or not and I think I'm one of those people that is naturally a teacher because I've had to figure out everything from nothing so the certification was you know a lot of like teaching hours a lot of um one-on-one -on -one hours like a lot of just going through each exercise making sure we knew it and there was an anatomy part um and there was a, an exam at the end and you know so I did all of that and then I started um subbing for him at his studio when he would go out of town to do other performance gigs because he does that so that that gave me a lot of like teaching experience and then you know as I applied that all to ballet and just kept kept going I learned more and then from there I started um, working privately with dancers and I really enjoy working with dancers and helping them figure their body out um, so you know, it was very, very easy to balance this with dancing career for obvious reasons. You know, Pilates is like my secret weapon. Um, it's essentially like rehab or physical therapy. You know, it keeps your parallel muscles just as strong as your turnout muscles, which then will give you even more range of motion in your body. Um, you know, teaching, it's great income. There's always a demand for it when you're around dancers who have that light bulb moment like I did or ones who just know that oh I want to be stronger but I don't know what to do um and you know it gives you an extra skill to teach Pilates an extra skill you can capitalize on and you know when you're when I'm done dancing whatever that is I can still do that and be involved um in the dance world and you know it's something I can do for the rest of my life and so I just think it's great yeah so that's, I that's the whole story <laughs> yeah, I love that whole story. Um, how awesome. I wanted to ask you now because it just like sparked a thought. Um, do you coach any dancers in Cleveland Ballet at all with Pilates? Or do you do it like outside? Um, I I do it. Um it's I do it like at my home. Um, but yes, I do I do work with um several of the dancers um I've worked with Stacy before a couple times and, yes I've had a couple and, you know, privates with Lauren yeah I used to teach um conditioning that. for the Cleveland <laughs> Ballet like when we were coming back from lockdown and mm -hmm. we had like you know obviously we lost our like peak strength uh, my boss asked me to teach like conditioning classes so I kind of just like made up this format and um, so I also did that, which was really cool. And I incorporated Pilates into it and other like functional strength training exercises. And I think it was, I think people liked it. You know, I know everybody does their own thing when they warm up, but I tried to like gear it to not being too much overkill, but to still get everything warm for class. So I can confirm that we did love it. Like everyone <laughs> felt so ready for class in a different way. Like it was amazing. I miss yeah, having. And I can just <laughs> hear your passion about it. It's like, it's definitely it's there. You love it, and that's so wonderful to hear how it all kind of unfolded. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that, Stacy. How does it feel making your dream as a professional ballet dancer a reality? Yeah, it feels 
like a dream come true. It feels like I need to be pinched on the shoulder like every once in a while um, that this is really happening. <laughs> um, but most of all, I would say it's just very rewarding. It's so rewarding to now be a professional dancer officially because I know how hard I've worked my whole life, but especially the past, I would say like four years for this. I feel like for me, like if I say I'm like want to do something, like I'm going to make, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. So yeah, I'm just really proud of myself. Honestly, I'm proud of how far I've come. I'm, I'm proud to look back on every, like every phase of this journey all the things that I've overcome, challenges I've overcome, like injuries and confidence things. So yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm very proud of myself and I'm happy. I'm just happy to be, to be dancing, living my dream every day. Like I forget our freshman year was living the dream, we would say. Um, so I feel like I can finally say that I am living the dream. So yeah, it's very rewarding. And not sarcastically, right? <laughs> yeah, not sarcastically. <laughs> Sometimes, but yeah. Well, I'm so happy to hear you say that you're proud of yourself because you absolutely should be. And sometimes it's hard to like fully accept that, especially with the desire to always like be better and improve. Um, and you should you should be proud. Yes. And kind of segueing, yes. yeah, segueing from there when you talk about injury. So obviously every body is different. And Lauren, you've discussed a bit already about the importance of Pilates for cross training and how that can really like help proactively as well as kind of be uh, rehabilitative. But do you guys have any preventative measures that you take to avoid or mitigate injuries maybe outside of Pilates or just for, for personal things that you're dealing with with your body? Oh, yes, <laughs> I do. Um, I do a lot, um, you know, I'm definitely more towards the end of my career than the beginning. So that goes with saying um, the older you get, the more you have to do. So I do the Pilates, I do the gyrotonic sometimes, I do the cross training. Um, I take super, super good care of my body. I literally treat it like a temple and I listen to it if I feel it needs rest or any kind of care. You know, I ice my feet at night if I need to, like mostly every night I will take an Epsom salt bath before I go to bed. Um, one of my friends used to make fun of me he would call me the Lauren hospital <laughs> because <laughs> like I would do all this stuff but I have like a Graston thing I have my own cupping set I have my own like tens unit <laughs> um I really awesome. can't enough about self-care um I don't drink a lot of alcohol never really was a big drinker I don't smoke I don't do any drugs I eat normally um I'm a carnivore. I love protein. Um, <laughs> I, I know it works for my body, like food wise to give me like the most energy. And also another thing I do is I will get dry needles once a week 
um, from this amazing PT in Akron that I've known since I was a kid. And it's, it's not even because I'm injured per se, it's more for, um, preventing fires from happening. Um, I am very hypermobile. Um, and so over time, um, when I'm working a lot and teaching a lot, my muscles get really tight because they have to work twice as hard to stabilize because I'm so flexible. So the dry needles kind of like eliminates that extra uh, overuse and it kind of puts me back to square one. Um, and the, the beauty of dry needling is that uh, the, the needle goes into like a trigger point in the muscle, which is a knot, and it will immediately release the knot and put the muscle back to its resting length. And you ha- you heal in like 48 hours. A massage therapist trying to do that would take six weeks. So it's a very wow. fast way to heal. Um, needles aren't for everyone, but if you can handle it, I highly recommend. Um, so I, I swear by that. I literally go every Monday morning. Um, and I also get like a deep tissue massage once every couple months, but I'm more, the needles for me work so well. Um, and then also we have PTs at Cleveland Ballet that come every week. So I just like, love to get other people's opinions, like multiple opinions. Um, and then the other thing that I really do is I love to still learn. So I like to, whenever I can, take classes from other highly knowledgeable teachers in the fields of like ballet, Pilates, gyrotonic, even like there's this method called image tech that's really cool. It's Alexandra Wells and she's, I think with Hubbard Street, she works at Hubbard Street, but I just am fascinated by the human body. So I think it's important to always be hungry to grow and to learn more as an artist so I, for my own, you know, keeping my body and mind in the right place, I try to do all that extra outside work just for myself. And I know in the future that knowledge will definitely pay off whatever I try to do. Um, you know, because otherwise, like, I feel like why bother if you're not going to really take care of yourself? Because the more you take care of yourself, the better your instrument is. And it's really all about the journey and the process and you know the work and the growth it's not so much about the destination you'll always have something to work on and that's like the beauty of this art form also the madness of it <laughs> um but I think that's why most dancers love it is because you can always get better and you know obviously being on stage is like the pinnacle or the ultimate high but yeah so I think all of those things have afforded me to still be dancing at my age which I'm truly grateful for um and everybody has a different body but I kind of figured out how I was you know and like okay if I can still do this I have to do this this and this and oh I tried this out it didn't work oh I'll try this okay this works I'm gonna keep doing it and you know the approach kind of I hyper adjusted over time but it's pretty much like the same you just have to yeah It sounds like by now you kind of have it down to a science. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, I love hearing you talk about that, Lauren. (laughs) I like to, what what did you say? I treat my body as a temple. Yes, you do. And (laughs) as you should. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it allows for a more enjoyable experience and career overall, because who wants to be dealing with like major injuries all the time? And like, absolutely. Absolutely. 
you want to be as pain-free as possible and to be able to work as efficiently and yeah yeah for sure I've learned so much from Lauren just in how to ultimately take care of my body and she just has so many words of wisdom so much I've learned from her I totally agree with just putting like the time and effort into taking care of your body and not only is it important to like take care of your body physically but I feel like taking care of yourself mentally is just as important if not more important um because what we do is like 80 percent mental and like 20 percent physical I mean I just feel like the mental it can outweigh the physical so I think that's really important for me but also like in the past I dealt with a lot of like overuse injuries and once I started cross training and like really taking it seriously it completely nipped it in the bud it's like I don't have those like types of injuries as much or if if at all so yeah it's definitely for me it's like proof that it works like cross training works um yeah so just to back up everything Lauren just said so (laughs) Yeah, that's really the mental health, like taking care of yourself mentally, that that's an amazing point. And it it is so true. Like there have been moments where I've been under huge amounts of stress, like in my personal life, for instance, and, you know, you're doing all the right things. I'm doing all the right things to take care of myself physically, but still, if, if your head is in the wrong spot, it can affect your body and it is crazy. You get so sucked into it and then you stop and you realize whoa <laughs> mental health is so is so important so they really go hand in hand you know like Stacy's when Stacy said oh I started cross training and all and my injuries went away like you know when you do the extra work you feel better about yourself and and that makes a that part of you happy because mm-hmm. you're like okay I've got this. I've got this one part of it. And like, I have, I have more confidence because I'm strong. I'm not worrying about, Oh, like I feel weak in this area. You know, it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. When yeah. I, first got you brought that point up, Stacey. Yeah, definitely. I'm just thinking about now, like my experience with like cross training. And I just thought of how, when I first got here, I, is when I really realized that there were a lot of, because I was dancing at such an intense level and an amount, those little things were showing up, like the pain and the injuries. And I, I noticed like, it's when I realized that there were a lot of like imbalances in my body, like, and I just really learned like how important it is to work on like your overall strength and strengthening those like bigger muscles so that like the smaller muscles don't take over and take the brunt of what we do so once I started working like intensely working on my like glute and hip strength and core strength I felt like everything just made more sense in my body and pains like went away so yeah it's amazing it definitely works yeah, that's so great to hear, Stacy. And um, I also just wanted to say, yeah, mental health is super important as a dancer. You have to be mentally strong just as much as you are physically strong. And I just thought back to Dance Essentials again, 
freshman year, like we learned something like talk the talk and walk the walk, walk the walk. and and oh, all of that yeah. just like you know you're just bringing me back to Mercy. Oh, the dancers litany too. You guys. Oh are yeah. It's like I'm a I'm a beautiful dancer. I love to dance. Yeah. So, well, it was just so. I mean, we should all still have that on our walls. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, love love that. So many flashbacks to the past. <laughs> many. So talking a little bit about your performing, do either of you have any pre-show rituals or superstitions? Ah. Uh. Okay, I'm not really a superstitious person, but I do have my rituals. Um, so in the morning, like before I even go to, to work, I I do like 30 minutes of uh, some Pilates, some foot intrinsic exercises, just to like warm myself up before I get there. Um, before a performance, my ritual is, you know, to make sure I'm really warm, um, if it's if there's time I'll do some Pilates and even like a short bar um, if if I'm doing a bigger role that I guess this is a ritual I always eat a breakfast sandwich which is a croissant with turkey bacon egg and cheese um, I have had that before like every show where I've done a big role and I don't know what it is but it works for me um <laughs> I'm also like in the dressing room, I'm pretty quiet and I'm pretty Zen. Um, I don't really like say much. I'm just kind of in the zone and just trying to stay really super chill. Um, I don't get nervous. I don't get like nervous to go on stage. So it's not an anxiety thing. It's just like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to do this. Um, and, you know, like on the stage, um before the curtain goes up I'll if I have like a hard turn or something or if I'm doing a pas de and I we have a we always like do a couple pirouettes my partner and I um I don't like to just go out on stage without trying things that need to be tried um and then I guess the other these are more like self-care things but I know that if I don't sleep well the night before if I don't eat enough food and I don't warm up well and say stay like super focused then I know I just won't feel good on stage so those are my rituals they're great to hear and I love the breakfast sandwich touch (laughs) we all have our things I used to have back in like high school and early college I had this one pair of fuzzy socks and those were my socks I wore on performance days. And it's nice. kind of funny how sometimes we just, it's a little different than yours. Obviously yours is fuel for your body to perform, but it's kind of funny how we create these little habits for ourselves or we just kind of really convince ourselves like, yeah, this is this is what I need to do. <laughs> and what about you, Stace? Well, I guess just to like tag on to that, I feel like with tech week and theater week, like your body just kind of like needs more fuel. Like, I feel like it's good to, you know, tech week, like Miss G always says like, oh, you should be eating like double the amount that like you're normally eating just to, cause it's just different. It takes a lot out of you um, being on stage and rehearsing at the theater and all that. So yeah, but I don't know. I feel like there's nothing specific for me, but I do like to say like a quick prayer in my head before I go on stage, um, making sure I'm warm. 
um, put my headphones in, just kind of like get in my own zone. Um, I do like to try like turns and stuff or like whatever I need to do, but I don't like to really go through the choreography like in my head. because that kind of stresses me out. I know some people like have to go through it, but Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes that makes me more nervous. So I just trust, trust that it's in my body, in my muscle mass, but absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So to wrap things up, kind of speaking about the pinnacle, yes, performing, what has been each of your favorite role to perform? So mine is so cliche, um, but my favorite role to perform has been Sugar Plum by far. Um, and I think the reason for that is that I did not perform a Nutcracker until I was 18. Um, the youth company I was in, we did not do a Nutcracker. We would do a big show in March with like the big choreographer and the big ballet. So I had never been a Nutcracker as a child, which I feel like is not usually the case for most dancers. So I remember, you know, hearing that music of the Grand Padada, realizing what it was and thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do this someday. I will do this someday, you know, somehow, some way. And it, you know, I was like 28 when it happened. So I waited a long time. Um, you know, the music is amazing. It's the iconic ballerina role. It's one of the hardest classical padadas. Um, you know, you, each year you do it, you're like, wow, am I really worthy of doing this? Like, and each year you keep doing it, there's always something to improve on. And, you know, so that's definitely been my favorite role, um, to perform so far, but I'm also super excited to do for Serenade. So. I'm ecstatic for Serenade. That (laughs) will, once it happens, I know that will be my favorite, but from what I've done so far, um, I've done lots of different variations of like Swan Lake kind of stuff, but Swan Lake was my first ballet as a official professional ballerina. And that was kind of like my childhood, like always been my favorite. I know it's like everyone's favorite classical ballet, but um, it's just a special one. Um, and just getting to be in the core, we did that. Um, this past fall um that was my favorite role I performed on stage so far um there's just something about it's so it's so like female empowering to be a part of the flock of swans and like the moment you come out from the wings like in act two like it's just it feels so good so that would definitely be my favorite role that I've done but I'm I know Serenade will be my favorite once it happens but yeah yeah I'm so excited for you guys to have that opportunity coming up and Stacy, I think of our freshman year sitting in the Baldwin like lobby on the third floor and you showing me and a few other people a video of you doing the white swan pas de deux Um, back in high school so it's it's (laughs) kind of special to just think of that and think of how that came full circle for you being one of your first like lead roles growing up and then now dancing professionally and having that be your your first major ballet you did 
I do remember that. That was so special. I was like so nervous to show you, but I was like, <laughs> this is my favorite thing I've ever done. Like, cause I love Odette. Um, I love the white swan paw, but yeah. So uh, it's just really full circle getting to do it, that ballet professionally. So I love that memory, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I sadly was not there for that memory, Stacey, so I think you need to show it to me. Oh, God. I don't even know what video I pulled up. Like, it's so (laughs) irrelevant now, but. (laughs) Um, But I love that, and um, I love what you said, too, Lauren. Uh, You guys are just so spectacular, and we couldn't be happier, more honored to have two amazing women on this episode of our podcast. Um, So thank you so much both for your time and for what you had to say. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this this has been so special. Thank you. I love chatting with my girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we love it too. And so great to officially meet you, Lauren, even though we've seen you dance on stage and we've seen you from afar in class at Mercyhurst but um so great to connect in this way thank you guys so much of course thanks for tuning into Abundance we appreciate your support we hope to have PK in your interest feel free to contact us at Abundance Podcast 5678 at gmail.com and give us feedback on what you'd like to hear that is Abundance without parentheses go dance yourself silly bye for now A special thank you to Richard DeFiore for our lovely podcast tune and Matt Mellish for our cover art.